Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, the finale of WandaVision is a very secretive title called the series finale. I'm Alex. I'm Justin, coming Uh at you live from the children's bedroom, the very hub where all great content comes from. (laughs) I'm Pete. Uh, And Pete is awake this time. That's very excited. I'm excited that your alarm went off here for the series finale. Now, requisite... Spoiler warning here. Go watch WandaVision, the series finale. We're going to spoil it. We're going to talk about everything, all the Easter eggs, all the Marvel secrets. Also talk about the two post-credit sequences. So if you watch through the regular WandaVision credits and then tuned out, keep watching through the regular credits because there's another sequence after there. Actually, even beyond that, um, uh, there's this whole credit sequence called um, The Age of Ultron that I actually Mm -hmm. really enjoyed um, that you can keep watching. And then at the end of that, there's another post-credit sequence. Oh, man. Uh, What was that next post-credit sequence? Uh, Was it uh, Raya and the Last Dragon? Yes, and that one was expensive. I had to pay for that one. <laughs> wow. Man, Marvel. They get they're just, you. Uh, they're taking us for everything we're worth. Uh, now, Plus, uh, there was a whole pre-credit sequence, I don't know if you watched, which was the actual episode of television we're talking about. No, I skipped that. I skipped that completely. Yeah. No. Oh, that's sort of the important part. <laughs> Let's talk about this. This is, of course, the final episode. It's bringing everything together. Certainly, I'm sure there's some things we want to talk about that weren't necessarily touched on. Uh, but huge episode. We got the Fantastic Four. We got X-Men. We got the, what the Every fuck? theory Shut up. was 100% true, and that was great. I was very excited about that. What did you guys think? Uh, about the episode? I mean, this was uh, this was good. This was – I, I uh, earlier this week, um, the, I would, the director, right, Matt Shackman, came out and said, mm-hmm. hey – you're probably going to be disappointed, <laughs> which is always a weird thing to hear from um, one of the main creatives on a project um, before it comes out. Um, but I see what uh, what he was saying, where uh, it's just a great, it's a classic end of third act of a Marvel movie, where it's mostly a big fight. There's some nice touching moments. Um, there's some really smart moments in this. And then everyone just sort of goes back to their corners and we see what happens going forward. Uh, uh, except for the fact that there's, uh, you know, a lot of loss and a lot of sadness that uh, is still there. You know what I mean? I mean, we said goodbye to a whole family in this episode, man. That's a that's a tough way to start your fucking Friday, especially so fucking early in the fucking morning. Did I do me? that every Friday. Every Friday I wake up, I say goodbye to a family. Yep. He has, a, an, he has an ant farm that he smushes an entire family of ants every morning on Fridays when he gets up. Um, Teaches me about mortality. That's how I like to end my week. <laughs> that's a good way of saying it when you're murdering tiny little creatures. Uh, the, <laughs> the thing is, Pete, I don't think we actually said goodbye to very many characters. Um, the Vision 
gets to there's two he, visions now. Which one are you talking about? Well, I think there's eventually no. only one, the ghost vision. Um, and that I think he, our old hex vision, converts ghost vision into the one true vision. He just goes off. The kids, um, we we hear. Uh, there's no way we're not going to see them again. And we hear even in the post post credit sequence a little uh, whisper um, from. Some, help, some sort of job. Mama, help. Uh, I, just before we get too into the minutia of the episode, I'd also like to chime in and just say that I, I thought this was great. I thought this was a really good finale. And to your point, Justin, yeah, one of the pleasures of talking about WandaVision week to week has been talking about the theories and speculating about it and throwing out, ooh, is this teasing X-Men? Is this teasing Fantastic Four? Is this teasing Mephisto? Whatever other Marvel characters you want to throw in there. Is Doctor Strange going to show up? What are those cameos going to be? And like we sort of talked about last week, what they did really smartly was the story was the story. You know, so as long as I think as a watcher, as a fan, Go crazy, theorize as much as you want. I think this is what Matt Shackman was saying. But at the end of the day, put those theories aside and just watch it. Because what they were telling was a story about Wanda's grief, her sadness, and not how you completely move past that, but how you start to move past that. And I think that's what they effectively did through the action sequences, through the plot in this episode, which I really appreciated. I agree. I mean, and like a lot of fans, I love speculating. But the ultimate speculation and fan theory is a show about grief. I think that's at the end of the day, Jesus. there's a million blog posts about like, yeah, it was grief. It was grief all along. <laughs> yeah. Now, we should talk about the Marvel Comics origins of grief, which is a classic character. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a demon. Uh, has a hu- No, it doesn't. I don't know. I, I, th- I, I like that. I liked how it like we sort of even speculated about. They ended it with this quieter moment with the family of their house that was so sad and so poignant, but it really was that Wanda, it was all Wanda, you know, like, like they said in the third, third or fourth episode, um, it's Wanda, it's all Wanda. And that's what it was about. It was about her emotional journey to getting to the point where she can let go of vision, even though to your point again, vision is a God. He's still out there somewhere. Yeah. Where do you think the white vision flew to in such a hurry? Uh, I mean, now that he realizes he's alive, he's probably going to get like a good burger or something. Yeah. Got to in and out. Really? I thought place, he, yeah. I thought it was more like, hey man, go 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 start your own family. You know, don't don't live like <laughs> oh. this. All right, go go pick a town, take yeah. it over. You can do it better this time. If you look at the closed captioning, he's actually while he's flying off, he says, "It's time to get married." Yeah, I love the idea, Pete, that you're like, well, when someone's really sad. The best advice is to go start their own family. <laughs> so when you're an angsty teen, you were like, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm getting married and I'm going to have kids and I'm going to be in charge of that family. That's right. I'll tell you what, if you're having problems, having a whole family, that'll fix everything. That's 100% right. <laughs> like, look at me. I make total sense. I'm on top of the world in here. I'm in a tiny, tiny room. And look at this. These are the Nordic uh, sculptures at the end of the episode in the double post-credit sequence. Oh, this you were looking at you casting your own spells in your own home. That's smart, yeah. man. Let's talk a little bit more about Vision, just to focus this in a a bit. I did love, I love that not only that we got the White Vision versus Westview Vision, or whatever we want to call them, fight, which was great and fun to watch, but that it ended in this very classic Vision fashion of having a philosophical discussion 
which was very much, I mean, I know we're joking about Age of Ultron and everybody's been like, Jesus Christ, Disney Plus, stop pushing Age of Ultron on me out at the end here. But one of the absolute best scenes in Age of Ultron is when Vision just talks to Ultron in the woods about humanity at the end there, uh, right before he takes care you of can't, his kids. You can't say plateaus. They were like one of the best things of Ultron. That's crazy. There are so many fun little points. What about when Hawkeye threatens to shoot? Uh, he was like, nobody would know. I could just take you out. There's a lot of uh, good moments. You can't just say one of the, you know. I'm not trying to slam your favorite movie, yeah. Avengers Age of Ultron, Pete. All, All right, well, I'm say, is, don't say best moments and talk about a moment that was like, mm, all right, let's talk about life in the That's woods. A great moment. You're Alex, wrong. don't push him too much further. He's going to go start another family. And he's got <laughs> too many fucking families. Uh, uh, I thought this, regardless, I think this whole thing about the ship and discussing it was uh, really great and a great way of wrapping it up that I certainly was not expecting. Yeah, if you I, don't I, like your family, move and start a new one. Next town <laughs> over. No one will know. Uh, wow. That maybe used to work, but not anymore. Um, I, I agree. I thought this was a cool way, especially... In an episode that started at uh, the very beginning, it was just fight, fight, fight. And to have it sort of heighten and elevate to the point where we actually get to see this um, this budding of heads in a, in a really smart way, I thought was great. And the way that it ends with him sort of uh, – we see his stone flash to the mind stone yellow briefly and then back to blue. And then his eyes go from uh, blur to, to just human – good old-fashioned human eyes. Uh, yeah, I mean I really – it, it's impressive how after all the action movies, Marvel is like, all right, we're going to make something that's a little bit more sad, something that's going to uh, tug on the heartstrings a little bit and isn't really going to be about fighting. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great that creatively we can be doing shows like this. Sure, you walk away not as like pumped and maybe a little bit more sad, but it is a, a cool story nonetheless. And shout out to my boy, Paul Bettany, for doing a great job on this series. Just he, uh, everybody was great across the board. Fantastic cast. But like we've been talking about on this podcast all along, he played so many modes of different comedy in this episode. Like we're talking about, he got to be classic vision. But that speech at the end to, to Wanda as he's saying goodbye was so sweet and so sad and so beautiful. Um, I do hope... People don't lump on it the same way they did the uh, what is grief but love persevering line because well, you people, know, that wasn't getting love. Yeah. I mean, it was elevated to the point after last week's episode. Um, this is on Twitter. If um, you don't follow all this nonsense, um, it was elevated to the point of like, look at this perfect line. Um, and then everyone went after it then. But I mean, it was a good line. It's a good it, line. It was well said. I, yeah. I'm just saying that I think this was another good speech, and I feel like people are going to equate them in their minds a little bit. So it's like, lay off, buddy. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, Alex, we should give a shout out to you for calling um, Paul Bettany, uh, <laughs> describing himself as the actor he wanted to work with. Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, every once in a while, you know, here's the thing. This is this is a little business thing that maybe you guys don't wait, know. Wait, about. wait, wait. Justin, are you kicking your own kids out of their own room right now? Is that what's happening? Yeah, this is daddy's time. time. (laughs) Your kid just wants to go to its bed. Like, let that kid. It's bed? Wow, for a man who has multiple families, you don't know how to talk about kids very well. She's awake. She would now, ever since we've been doing this podcast, getting up at the crack of dawn. She gets up before me and sits uh, in the living room. So we've really evolved as Does a family. Does she talk to you about uh, speculation and spoilers? Yeah, she, what's she, she's, what's she think? 
She wanted to interrupt and say, like, where the fuck was Al Pacino? I really want to listen to that. <laughs> Give that kid uh, a mic. That's comedy gold. Uh, but, yeah, I do think it's very funny. And Paul Bettany had this interview on Good Morning America, I believe, where he's like, yeah, I thought it would be funny when I was saying that. And it kind of blew up out of control. So uh, that's great. Uh, that's fine. I don't I don't love when they're lying about stuff like love Tatiana Maslany. The fact that she was like, no, I'm not She-Hulk. And then she was cast as She-Hulk. That's not her fault. Somebody told her to say that yeah. and deny that. But this Paul Bettany thing is just funny enough. I would rather they do stuff like that. Like, it reminds me a little bit. I don't know if you guys remember when Michael Shannon was doing a little press and people were asking him about Batman v Superman. He was like, yeah, I'm in that Azad again, but I have, like, flipper hands. It was really difficult to open the bathroom door with my flipper hands. That's yeah. the sort of thing. It's like, sure, fuck with people. That's fine. Do you think that um, Paul Bettany got a... a, a phone call late at night from Kevin Feige like, hey man, you really fucked us on this whole <laughs> guest star thing. You get out of Good Morning America and you fix it. You fix it. Uh, probably. Uh, but that was good and I did like seeing him go up. It's all, yeah, it's funny that we were speculating this much about the cabio. Uh, while we're sort of talking about these things that we speculated a lot about, who was in witness protection for Jimmy Woo? We never tied that up. That's crazy to me because yeah. there's one thing that we went off on our own little wild speculation. That's our thing. But even the little nuggets they dropped um, didn't really pay off in a way. And I was very surprised there wasn't a cameo. I thought, um, obviously, I think last time I was like, it could still be Mephisto. That was always a reach. But I thought for sure we would get Doctor Strange. Um, mm -hmm. We get a lot of reference to him. Sure do. Um, we get we're fully in his world with the, the dark hold and all these other things that we'll probably talk about in a minute. But I still was surprised that we didn't get a resolution on the, the witness protection thing. Because what is it? Was it Agatha? Like, the, also, also the, the Ralph thing was odd. We just yeah get, yeah that was an open ended thing really. But also it was like if you're the source of supreme, like how do you not feel or notice this crazy shit going on? You know, like. There was a lot of crazy shit happening magically that, like, you don't have something that kind of, like, senses that or kind of, like, points in that direction that I, maybe you should check all out. credit, this, I did not come up with this one. I saw somebody tweet it, and I do not remember who tweeted it, but somebody very correctly pointed out, you try getting somebody who lives in Midtown to come out to Jersey. For <laughs> oh, that's, that's legit. Yeah. I mean, come on. He's he's not going to leave his... I was hoping I, she that's where she was going, was going uh, to New York City. Uh, I appreciated. Left. I expected that we would see somebody at a post credits. I was surprised that we didn't see Doctor Strange in that last moment with Wanda in the cabin or something like that. But, uh, but I appreciated that we didn't actually have any cameos. That uh, it would have felt distracting. Oh, okay, Alex. You appreciate that we didn't have <laughs> yeah. any cameos? Wow, what a strong point of view. No, I do. After because the it kept fact, the after you've been oh. speculating and wanting a cameo the whole I time. I have been saying, people could listen back, that maybe we'll get some cameos, but I think that we would get Doctor Strange in a post-credits or showing up at the very end of the episode, or that's pretty much it. All uh, along. Well, uh -huh. Sure, all sure, along. sure. Alex, also, also, all of the X-Men and Reed Richards. That, other, <laughs> yeah, than exactly. that, other than that. How do you I, like, how did I you like, oh, go ahead. No, you go, Pete. I was going to say, how did you like the kind of like thing of like, Hey, it's okay to come back to the theater. No, 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 no. Come back to the theater. Please go <laughs> into the theater, sit down in the seats, pay $30 for popcorn. Yes, back in the theater. 
That's where you belong. That's where Marvel belongs. Back in the movie theater, right, everybody? The same home stuff is is cool, but right, we should all be back in the movie theater. Now look up. Look up. Ah, yeah, look at the giant screen. That's nice, right? Wow, the ultimate credits post-credit sequence is brain being brainwashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that might have been slightly more your thing. Uh, let's uh, can we talk about the stuff outside of the hex, the folks outside of the hex and kind of run through them a little bit. Talk about Jimmy Woo, what happened with him in this episode. Flourish. Um, flourish, yeah, yep. straight out of Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? Like that's where well, that's, that. It's just yeah. magic talk, you know, it's a nice Yeah, that's straight out of David Copperfield's uh, magic mm-hmm. show. Um, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, but David Copperfield made me disappear, actually, when I was five years old. Yeah. <laughs> I want I, I want the original Justin back. I don't want this Copperfield copy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you get Copyfield. dumped into a basement somewhere? Like, yeah, like the Prestige? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Spoilers for the Prestige. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Alex dropping yeah. bombs. Uh, Jimmy Woo, I think, is um, – it's funny how much – he sort of took center stage, and and Darcy got a little bit left on the wayside here. She had yeah, but come on, I mean that was the, the cat entrance yeah. was just money, fun moment. But um, interesting how she really felt like the center of the sort of outside of the hex show for a bit, and then was just sort of like here come for on. a car accident. Wait, 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 let's not undercut it. It's a bucket list dream, I think, of every person to drive a clown car into a clown. I mean, come on. That was just, like, Pete, unbelievable. I don't want to keep lumping on it. You did this the last time as well. It's not a clown car. It is a funnel cake truck. I can't believe you, of all people, is getting this wrong. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, you, we should tell you, Pete has driven a clown car for several years. Him and <laughs> Looking for some clown to run over, and I still haven't found one. I do wonder if maybe they didn't have Cat Dennings really for this last episode because it seems like that was an insert shot and there was a uh, credit in the end credits for double for Cat Dennings, double for Darcy. Uh, So I wonder if they were able to just grab her for one shot and that was pretty much it. So that's why we got that. It feels like it was a little bit of a bummer. Uh, But I did the Jimmy Woo stuff was fun. Um, I like him in the at the end of the episode. It's like, ooh, he's in she's running shit. Mm -hmm. The idea that he gets to be maybe a more power player in the sword uh, area or I guess I don't know. He's not technically in sword, right? Uh, Well, I think that's an interesting thing to talk about in terms of the MCU is we've seen shield dissolve. Then we get sword here, which we haven't seen most of the development of. But certainly with Hayward gone. It seems like obviously there's going to be some big changes there or that's going to be dissolved. But it's almost like they're realigning the MCU to be the power player in terms of law and order is the FBI, like very straightforward, which is interesting. Well, and let's not forget that Jimmy Woo is a character from the comics um, who ran the Agents of Atlas. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So like I could see him like, wow, good job with the Hex situation in Westview. Maybe you can take over this uh, random organization we just made up where there's a, a talking gorilla and some other people. Yeah. First choice. First choice, Talking Gorilla. Also, we're powered by a dragon. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, That was good. We also got Monica, of course, and the full reveal definitely has powers. She protects Billy and Tommy. Pretty fucked up that Hayward was trying to shoot a bunch of kids. Yeah, Hayward, like, just finally gets out of the truck to shoot kids. That's his plan? Jesus. From a leadership position, it's really hard to imagine being like, all right, let me assess the situation. All right, shoot the kids first. Bang, bang, bang. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, man, that's like that Men in Black training where they took one shot at the the poor kid the whole time. It was crazy. particularly because all 
Billy and Tommy did with their like, all right, we're going to take care of the army. Steal their hats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Military hates it when you steal their hats, though. I mean, it, that's where all their move. power is. They just yeah. shut down. It's true. It was a, I will say it's a very Olsen twin t- type movie <laughs> uh, choice at the end there, too. Maybe that was a sl- subtle nod to Elizabeth Olsen's family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we get Wanda. Let's go over to Wanda and the big witch battle with Agatha. What was your take on that? How do you think all of that panned out? I thought it was fun. It was cool how we had like a witch off and then a vision off. Um, and it was, you know, it was tough because like they did a great job of being like, oh, man, I don't know if Wanda is going to be able to win this because she doesn't know she's a witch or is kind of like denying it. And then like a fun kind of turn of like, oh, I was I listened to your first lesson and I'm now using that against you. That was really badass. Yeah, I agree. I liked um, it was sort of at a standstill for a while where I was like, oh, she's sucking her powers. And it really feels like there's no way for her to get around this. Um, yeah, and I, I liked the twist um, of the runes in in the hex. I thought that was a smart way to to do it. Um, and I guess I don't know. I wanted between those two battles and then the vision battles, I wanted them to switch for just one little sequence. Yeah, I thought that was going to happen. Have the classic like we're equally powered. Let's switch partners. But it would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, no, just for even a second. I thought that would have been cool just to break up the action of it a little bit because it was just such a clean transfer of who's winning from Um, Agatha was like winning the entire time. And it was like, flip. Nope. I will. I won later. And I wanted a little bit more nuance to that, I think. Um, and Catherine Hahn didn't have a ton of chance to just not be spouting supervillain lines from um, from hovering in the air. Uh, so I would have liked a little bit more stuff for her. She's such a great character, such a great actor, such a great villain for this series. I like where we left her, though, in a great way. Oh, yeah, that was really crazy the way it was kind of like, you know, touched the side of her head. And now she's just like this little uh, nosy neighbor. And it was fun to kind of see her back in that. And it just made it seem more empty and hollow than it was before. And so it added a nice kind of flavor to that. Yeah, I 100% agree. Just there was, I think we talked about this a little bit the last episode. There was just too much witch makeup on Catherine Hahn. Yeah. Like they poofed up her face and gave her these enormous brows. She's great, but it felt like she was sort of trapped in this whole thing. Also, um, I have a question. Like, so the whole town is free except for her. And so, like, she's playing a 1950s nosy neighbor. Like, isn't the town going to be like, yo, what's with this lady? (laughs) That's really funny. I didn't think of that. Like, hey, Agnes, cool it. All right, go home. It's not 1950. What are you doing out here baking? Okie dokie, artichokey. (laughs) Go home. We're trying to do our taxes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that was great. I also like the fact that they didn't back down from the damage that she had done to Westview. I, I was sort of surprised she didn't turn herself in at the end. Wanda, I mean, I mean, um, but the fact that everybody was looking at her, the fact that they were like, please, we've been living your oh, nightmares. Man. Let us yeah. die. That was, oh, man, the living. I like your... the fact that they, well, they didn't back down from making it very dark at the end there, which I think sure is didn't. a tribute to the production. It would be very easy to be like. Oh, Wanda, save us. It wasn't your fault. It was Agatha's all along. But no, it was actually Wanda all along. She was the one that was doing this. She was wrecking them and it did a terrible job. So yeah, did you, she didn't completely fix it. I was hoping for after the post, like we get a little Wanda song that was like, actually, it was me all along. You know, like, wh- how mm-hmm. come she didn't get a fun yeah. song? The Pete, Wanda rap? Yeah. 
Pete, write and record it, release it. You have a couple hours before the internet. <laughs> Don't be a white guy beatboxing. Stop is it. Going off. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I I appreciate it, Alex. Thank you. Rhyming off with off this early in the morning is <laughs> is confident. Well, I was going to rhyme which with something, but it felt inappropriate. <laughs> Speaking of inappropriate, let's talk about Ralph Boner. <laughs> Just to be clear, B O H N E R is Bonner. Is Bonner is how you pronounce it's Bonner. it? It's yeah. Ralph Bonner. It's not Ralph Boner. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I I was okay with that. It sounds like you guys were a little disappointed that it wasn't Quicksilver. It wasn't Pietro, actually, or anything. It was just just an actor. I'm fine. Just with an that. actor. I'm fine with that choice. Any actor, uh, especially a classically trained actor, is a star. Um, in my mind, um, but I do think it was weird that there wasn't one little extra turn there. One little extra turn there, you know. Sorry, did my, she? My did she have an idea? Wants her bedroom back. Yeah. Does your daughter uh, have an idea about the extra turn? Is that why she jumped in? Yeah, she was like, uh, maybe he's Wong. I don't know what she's talking about. Oh wow! Huh. Interesting. Uh, there, I will say. It's interesting. I mean, we could probably talk. There's a lot more to talk about in the episode. But since we're kind of touching on this now, there was a lot of speculation as well about how this tees up the next couple of Marvel movies. And they said, you know, this is really going to open up the multiverse. It's going to tie into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's going to tie into Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, It doesn't specifically, right? No. Uh, Zero. Um, Which, again, like, that's fine. Um it's just there was rather than close, they had all these open threads and they didn't close them in a way. They just sort of let them hang. And I guess mm-hmm. if you're not going to use them for all these wild speculation ideas, which is totally fine, at least close them up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I uh, Olsen was on Jimmy Fallon and she said, you know, this puts me exactly where I need to be for the Sorcerer Supreme movie that she's uh, shooting now. Um so I was hoping for a little uh, a cameo or a little something, but uh, I guess Source Supreme finds her in a little cabin in the woods, well, which no, is adorable. I, I mean, I think that's the one that, uh, to talk about the two post credit sequence, one is setting up Captain Marvel 2, the other one is setting up Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But like a lot of this stuff, when they do the end credits, and I feel like people have probably forgotten because it's been so long, it's not specifically like, here's the first scene most of the time. It's something that tees up the idea. So talking about the second one first, we got Wanda. She's making tea. She's in a cabin. You think she's dealing with her grief. She's in a sweatsuit. She's in quarantine just like the last I think it's us. like casual active wear is what she's wearing. Like, I don't know why you're. Wow. You know, All right, man. Interesting Jeez. stand to take, Pete. Yeah. Uh, athleisure wear. Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, Exactly. Sure. But at the same time, she is also in her full Scarlet Witch outfit. She is floating in some magic. Reading she's the dark hold. Reading the dark hold when she hears Billy and Tommy calling out from somewhere. And Billy says, Mom, help. Mom, please. And Tommy says, Help. Mom, please. So we know, even though seemingly they disappeared in Westview, they're out there somewhere. So I guess it's an open question. Do we know that? Or is she just like hearing their cries? Because she's grieving this, this and is, mourning. This is the open question, right? Like, I think the thing that kicks her in is she's exploring her powers. She's been told in this episode she is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. 
she thinks her kids are out there somewhere. Are they in the multiverse? Do they still exist in the MCU? Is it somebody tricking them? Uh, clearly, she is going to seek out Doctor Strange to find them, and that's going to be at least the part of the plot of that movie. So I think that was a very direct line there. And it's interesting. She is in that in that post-post credit. She's in the pose in the Darkhold that Agatha referenced um, as the a problem. A very problematic yeah. pose. So I, we speculated a little bit that maybe Wanda was some sort of uh, villain in this Doctor Strange movie, or at least a uh, agent of chaos. Um, and it sounds like she will be the catalyst to push Doctor Strange into the multiverse of madness um, on a quest for Tom, Billy, and Tommy. Though is that is the the Doctor Strange movie can't be about finding Wanda's kids, right? Yeah, because Could Wanda be. killed her kids. So where is she looking for her kids for? No, I think I don't think that's what happened. But uh, well, but, she controls the kind of field around the thing, and she was setting everything back to the way it was. Uh, just to just to touch on this a little bit, um, I she took the field. We presume they disappear. I expected there to be a little thing at the end where she's standing in the ruins of the house, and they pop up and like, "What's up, mom?" Yeah, but. Obviously, they didn't. So, yeah, I mean, to Pete's point, yes, they disappeared. So we don't know. Them. We don't know how she hears those voices. Do their spirits exist? Are they out of the multiverse? We're not sure at this point. She killed um, them. Well, I think if I were to uh, speculate, um, which we can do, we have the power to do that in our own it, little personal And hex. so far, we've been spot on with spot every bit of speculation. On. Spot on. Um, I think either either Wiccan himself was like, oh, I see what's happening here, and just zooped him out of there. Yeah, because we didn't see him. They died off screen. They didn't die for sure. Um, <laughs> Yo. They, <laughs> um, or, like, there is something to this chaos magic that we'll get to learn more about where, because they had, they were fully realized people, they had uh, souls that they, the chaos magic couldn't destroy them. They were just moved to um, a, a place of pure magic or something like that. Wow. Yeah. You're really working hard to try to save the fact that she killed her kids, man. Well, hold on. <laughs> we heard their voices at the end. So there's something going on there, Pete. Plus, it was very pointed that we didn't see them disappear in the same way we saw Vision disappear. I think, first of all, that was put emotionally it back on Wanda and Vision. Also, real rough to recover a show after watching kids die, I think. Um, but I do want to say, just like while we're jumping around here, uh, I don't know if you feel this way, Justin. There is a certain sense, like, I thought it hit on a very specific parental thing of, like, when you say goodnight to your kids, you're yeah. like, you might oh never God, see them. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, honestly, like there's sometimes when that goes through your head and it's terrifying. So that was like, it was like, oh, good night, kids. And then the way they were hanging out, I was like, wait a second. This is bigger than a good night, kids. And then I was like, oh, God, she's she's going to murder her kids, isn't she? Right, stop saying that. What did, I, she, I, what I did she do then? You tell me. The whole thing slowly came and wiped everybody out and reset everything. Those kids didn't exist. Until the spell, she wipes the spell, kids are gone, dude. Monica Rambeau kept her powers. Um, the vision who was changed by the vision in the hex flies off is still changed. Like uh, the, the hex world influenced the outside world. I don't think you have to worry about it. But to your point, Alex. We you just know, watched you... nine episodes of somebody bringing kids to life and then murdering <laughs> them in front of us. When you go to bed or when your kids go to bed, that's why you always check on them. And you whisper in their little ears, hey, <laughs> I'm recording a podcast tomorrow morning. Please sleep in for a 
change. Would you? The timing on the kid attacking you as you said that was magical. Yep. Uh, real quick, while we're talking about post-credits things, uh, there's also the tee-up of Captain Marvel 2. Pete uh, preferred to focus on the fact that it was in a movie theater. Um, but I do think uh, it's important or nice to talk about, I guess, that Monica seems to be heading into Captain Marvel 2. That seems like maybe it's going to be headed more to space because we have the reveal of a scroll, a friend of her a friend of her mother's, who I assume is Talus. Got to be. The scroll. Just real quick, if you're in a movie theater and somebody points up, what do you think they're talking about? You know what I mean? The well, theater I just, right above it. Uh, right, yeah. exactly. I would like yeah. a little bit like, actually, there's a giant sword floating above the earth. <laughs> That's what I'm pointing at. Like, be clear. Like, if I got called to a movie theater and then someone was just, like pointing up, I'd be like, would you have preferred me if Monica? Would you have preferred if Monica was like, the ceiling? Yeah, exactly. Are we talking about the ceiling, bro? Is there something on top of this building? Like, no, I, help she was me. Like, she was like, let's go sneak into Black Widow. It's right upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, as Justin's kids are starting to get a little persnickety, why don't we start to wrap this up here, talk about some other Easter eggs and little things in the episode. Um, I could read through a couple I noticed, but I, I'd love to hear from you guys, of course, as well. Uh, first of all, in the witch battle right at the beginning, Agatha gets knocked into the house. We see Wanda looks underneath. You see just the shoes. Oh, it's just like Wizard of Oz. Fun oh, Wizard come of Oz. On. Just classic well, witch had- ref. They've had Oz stuff throughout the entire uh, series, so it was a fun little uh, point there. Yeah, and if you look in the rubble, there's like a little dog tag that says Toto. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're really into like <laughs> dogs got murdered dogs by that car. You know? What mm-hmm. in the end of Wizard of Oz? Toto is going strong, dude. Oh, right, right. My bad. My <laughs> but Dorothy, obviously, Dorothy, um, again, was just dealing with her grief. Every time I watch <laughs> Wizard of Oz, I'm like, grief gang, let's see this. <laughs> Uh, we talked very briefly about the Darkhold. We had speculated about whether this was or was not. They reveal that it is, in fact, the Darkhold. Uh, this is probably going to be a huge issue, I assume, online today because the Darkhold played throughout Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. and also played into Runaways a little bit. This looks entirely different. I think you could excuse it one of two ways. Either A, yes, they are completely erasing everything that happened in Marvel TV before this, or it's just another copy of the Darkhold either way. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's in your. You're going with like yeah. There was a no. Big... I'm going with one, but I, I think if people want to feel better about it, they can go. Oh, with that's two. nice. If you want to delude yourself with your own personal hex about the Marvel continuity, <laughs> yeah, go that way. I like the idea that you're like, yeah. Well, there was actually a pretty large print run on the Darkhold. Everybody got a copy. Um, <laughs> hey, can I get a copy here. of that, Matt? Yeah, <laughs> like the college bookstore where you're like, yeah, I just need to buy a couple copies of the Darkhold. The shittiest thing, I remember standing outside Barnes & Noble in a line before midnight waiting to get my copy of the Darkhold, and some asshole walked around and was like, she's the Scarlet Witch, man. Like, God, spoilers. <laughs> huge spoilers. Oh, I mean, to be fair, that's right at the beginning of the Darkhold. There's what so sucked much was other. I was in line, and then the person in front of me got two, and I didn't get one. And I was like, oh, that should be illegal. You, Did you get your sign, though, by... The fucking devil. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Darkhold, like, I know we were, like, really, we referenced, like, it's probably the Darkhold. I mean, there is only really one super magic book in the Marvel Universe, so it's not like we were... Um, Do you want credit for <laughs> recognizing the one... No, I'm saying I'm saying we shouldn't take credit. Yeah, um, okay, no, yeah. it's it's about on par with somebody being like, "Hey, I'm gonna go grab this nullifier." We're like, "Is it the, the ultimate uh, nullifier?" 
<laughs> no, but it's just sort of the regular casual nullifier. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but I mean, the dark hole. Just for, leaving all the TV continuity aside from this show that um, the Agents of Shield that I guess some people watched. Um, there's a uh, that's a dig on you, Alex. Um, there <laughs> I is a, most of it. There is a yeah, cool. You and literally everyone else. There is um, a lot of comic book stuff that the dark hole sort of opens up like a whole, even beyond sort of the magic side into this sort of more horror side. There's a series called the Darkhold Redeemers, which is a team of um, magical heroes track down and uh, resolve like horror uh, monsters and stuff like that. So that's cool. It opens the door for characters like Blade and, and whatnot mm-hmm. to maybe uh, re-enter the Marvel yes. Universe. Come on! Obviously we know there's a Blade movie that was announced very early on in the process, we have no idea yeah. what's happening there, um, but it's it's a nice doorway to have there. I think that's a really good point about the horror thing in particular, since Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It was, there was a whole sticky thing behind the scenes where uh, Scott Derrickson, who directed the first movie, was like, yeah, we're going to make this a fucking hard R horror movie. And Marvel was like, maybe not. They brought in Sam Raimi. I think we're still going to see whatever it means for horror in the MCU in that movie, which is cool. Uh, a couple of oh, go ahead, Pete. I, I want to say some some real some stuff. I want to quickly talk about. Like, I really love the uh, Jimmy Woo coming into power, especially like the part where he got that douchey military guy to start monologuing. Like that was just like for me like a real hero move to get the bad guy to like spill the beans on his plan and stuff why he's doing the flourish. I really appreciated. And I wanted to kind of talk about the last moment there that we had with vision and Wanda, where it was like vision cried, which was unbelievable moment. And then Wanda cried. And then I fucking cried because it was really a very touching moment that like, I don't know if we're going to see vision again or what's going to happen after this, you know, like it was, uh, it was pretty crazy, cool moment that we got to kind of uh, uh, witness that. It was crazy to see a robot cry. Yeah. And, uh, by that, I'm talking, of course, about you, Pete. Oh, right. So right. that is uh, <laughs> truly amazing. So <laughs> I'm going to admit something now that uh, is a bad thing to admit. I've definitely told you guys before, but I haven't said it on this podcast. I have never seen Blade Runner, but on the marquee. How about the second one? Were, uh, yeah, I watched Blade Runner 2049. That's the one that people yeah. say to go see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's yeah. the real uh, But I know enough about references for Blade Runner. Uh, the On the marquee, and they reviewed this yes. last episode, the movie that's actually being shown there is called Tannhauser Gate, puts the fun in dysfunction with a one for the eye. Uh, and there's the whole, that's from the whole Tears of the Rain monologue that Rutger Hauer gives yeah. in Blade Runner. So I think... That was a neat little Easter egg tee up for Vision crying in the last episode. And I think Tannhauser Gate um, is like a a warp station or it's like a doorway to other uh, wilder places. So I think that's definitely the fact that because we see it once when she's going when they're sort of fighting and they sort of fight past the theater. Right. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to I'm going to that's got to be something. And then later, like when they're just like, oh, go meet in the theater. And then it's like a long lingering shot. And I was like, "Okay, that's a little it's like an Easter egg kind of comes into frame is like, "Ah." hey, try that out. Did Ah, you notice that? Go to movie theaters, guys. It's like when they not what anybody was saying. You're you have you're a conspiracy theorist, Pete. It's like if the Easter Bunny hid all of your Easter eggs on Easter morning inside an egg carton in your fridge. (laughs) 
A couple of other Easter eggs, speaking of which, and thank you for the transition, Justin. So this is something that a couple of people picked up on a couple of episodes back when Vision left the Hex, but I feel like it was even more prominent now when Vision and Billy and Tommy are being ripped apart when Wanda's taking down the Hex. It kind of looks like pixels, but it also kind of looks like puzzle pieces. There's a classic cover from House of M of Scarlet Witch breaking apart into oh. these puzzle pieces, into these bits. So I think that was a visual callback to that. Again, I thought it was kind of like up. a callback to the Thanos snap where people turn it into dust. It definitely felt like that. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. Which sucked. Yeah. Uh, uh, the another one, uh, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but when Wanda does the disappearing thing behind Agatha right at the beginning of their witch battle, it felt very I dream of genie or bewitched to mm. me just in terms of the uh. movement, which I thought was cute. Uh, we, she also uh, it, you watched Age of Ultron, Justin, so you know about this. But we got a call back to the Wanda doing the nightmare thing to Tony Stark in Age of Ultron, which we haven't seen her do since, where she does that to Agatha and sucks her back to Salem 1602, I think it was, or something like that. Probably sure. not, but that's a good guess. 1602 yeah. is um, a big date in Marvel Comics, but yeah, exactly. I know yes. we have a hard time differentiating between the two um, histories. Uh, oh, wow. wow. Pete, we're just pulling it out right there, always on your person. That's yeah, amazing. You got to, you know, you got to be ready for when things like this happen. Well, did I, I create that moment by having the comic ready, or did you create that moment and then I was ready for it? Like, oh, great what? question. Holy Uh-oh. shit. Pete either took a philosophy 101 class or this <laughs> show, just now, or this show has ruined him. <laughs> uh, a couple of other quick things that I wanted to call out. Uh, we got the energy head sock which I thought was fun, a uh, callback to the crown from the last episode, and then it becomes Wait, the Wait, head real... sock? Is yeah, that what, what head yeah, sock like are you talking thing, I don't know. It's not exactly like Gambit's head sock where he's wearing this thing on his head that reveals his face, but I've always felt it's the same thing with Scarlet Witch where it's like, I don't know. What moment in the show are you wear, talking about? Wear a hat, wear a mask, choose one of the two. That's all I'm saying. It's like Who the little... are you talking about? What part of the, the show when the, was... The... When the Scarlet Witch got her little Batman ears. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But before it was a costume, when it was just energy. Yeah. Okay. All right. You call that a head sock? Is yeah, I call it a head sock. I will say head sock is not is maybe the worst way of saying it because that implies <laughs> something very different. A head sock is uh, like a little stocking on your that you have over your head. Yeah. yeah. A couple of uh, just to keep running through my notes here. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, the the Westview home is where you make it. We've seen that sign before, but it's just driving that home one last time. Uh, also, just the last thing that I'll mention really got me. Don't say that because it won't be the last thing that you mention. The last thing I'll mention from my list of things that I wrote down in my okay. notes. Thank you. Uh, the line, boys, thank you. Thanks for choosing me to be your mom. That was weird to me. And I think know, that's, that's, that's that's to show. That's that, not how kids work. Kids don't like... S- Sit no. there and pick who their mom speaking, is. Like you make the kid, as a parent, and then that's how that, you. I understand what you're saying, Pete. I know you're making sort of a joke. Speaking as a parent, that line got me. That was the line that I cried to. Yeah, that was. It was a good line. My kid just walked in and said, "Hey, thanks for thanks for choosing us, but we're out." Yeah, um, <laughs> smart kid, smart kid. But I, I, I think that is also a good nod to show that they are fully realized beings they're not mm-hmm. just another hex creation they are they have souls thanks for choosing me means that they came yeah from but somewhere. it was a crazy line to to say to somebody after you then wipe them out of existence hey thanks for choosing me you choose wrong because your mother's about to kill you 
Oh my God. Stop Pete, saying Come that. on. Uh, be- any other notes before we wrap up here? Pete? Um, yeah. I mean, I just felt, I felt like, um, the, the, the whole kind of like back and forth, like you don't have power, you know, like it was, it was a very cool reveal that like when she was like missing, hitting hardness that she was creating that thing. And I'm so glad that made sense because it was definitely frustrating during the fight. Um, and I really liked the exploration of the, as she's kind of like holding vision being like, that that mind stone was the mind stone that you know lived in me and my memories, and I thought that was an interesting kind of explanation for that. Uh, that kind of made sense. So I, I thought that w- those were some kind of like touching uh, or touching moments. Yeah. yeah, Justin, any final notes from you? I, I mean, it was. I mean, it's great you talking about it with you guys. It's like, oh, there was so much happened in this uh, in this final episode, and it, it is crazy if we. Thinking about it all the way back to the first couple episodes, which were like so uh, they f- started so far away from this sort of knockdown drag out Marvel movie style fight. And uh, just giving credit to Marvel, if they if people are critical of this episode for not having enough, whatever, um, like they really took a swing with this show um, and started really far away from their comfort zone. And so I really appreciate um, being able to go on that journey um, and uh, having a good having characters that felt a little bit different and the show have a real theme rooted in something. Of course, I'm talking about everyone's favorite um, character grief. Uh, can't wait to see how grief plays out in the MCU. Now, normally we'd end these episodes with vision board uh, for the next episode, but obviously this is the actual serious finale. Uh, Kevin Feige, just as a note, did say never say never, or at least he's learned to never say never when it comes to a sequel. But clearly this episode is called the series finale. So they are planning it as a series finale for WandaVision until now. But this isn't the series finale of Marvel Vision. We're going to keep going. What? We, yeah, we are. Surprise, guys. Oh. In two weeks, we're going to pick it up with, Kef- I keep wanting to say Captain America and the Winter Soldier, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, what are you, racist, episode. dude? Come on. Jeez, <laughs> no. Wow, good. Pete's good. Good. ready if, to if be anything, done with these the mornings. That's the opposite of racist, because I'm calling Falcon Captain America right now. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were like, I can't see the all right, anyways. Nope. Uh, don't go, don't yeah, follow yeah, I'm not that yeah, Keep yeah. finishing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in two weeks, we're going to be uh, recapping that show and putting those up super early as well, which I know is no, Pete's thing. No, come but, on. Seriously, do- please comment if like getting this up earlier makes a difference because it's fucking killing us. No, I feel, great. I I feel great. Yeah, I feel more alive than ever. I say earlier, but, I got to get up before my kids wake up, so I, we need to do this in the 4 3 a.m. There yeah, you go. Exactly. Before we've even watched it. You guys can do yeah. a fun dad show, all right? Well, dad show. Speaking of which, we are going to do one more episode before Falcon and the Winter Soldier premieres. So here's what we'd love for you. We're going to do a preview for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but we'd also love your thoughts on WandaVision, your theories, yes. what you thought about the show, anything how you sad you are, dangling, how sad you are. Send us your best griefs. Yeah. yeah. Your grieves. Uh, Grieves. You're not alone. You can send us a, a couple of places, comicbookclublive at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Marvel Vision Pod. We'll try to read a couple of those things, those letters or tweets, 
in the next episode of the show before we get into Falcon and Winter Soldier proper. And that is it, folks. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast at YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to talk about grief or WandaVision or whatever you want to discuss. Happy to discuss it live. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Specifically on iTunes, we would love you to rate and comment on the show. That helps us out quite a bit, so we would appreciate it if you do. As mentioned, Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast. More Comic Book Club on YouTube. Until next time, Marvel you later. <laughs> Off to start a new family. Bye. Bye.